This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Middle cough! Hey, behave! John, here we go. Sunday night, live on YouTube once again. Get used to us. We're not going anywhere. And the podcast is here getting ready for another week post-draft. It's a whole new world, John. We're like McGlinchey. Just had our fifth-year option picked up. Got a couple years minimum ahead of us. That's right. A couple right. years. Stock up, John. Stock up. Ready to roll, baby. Ready to roll. I know that uh, I know the YouTube money's rolling in because you you popped for a meal and had. I like that. That looks good. I got a bunch. Actually. I might have to. I might have to get one of my I my own. Big. They are pretty sweet. I've seen I, them everywhere. You know, as uh, independent small businessmen like we are, I appreciate anyone who runs a business who's got a cool product who's not like super big. I mean, these guys could be massive one day, but it's like I, I appreciate their hustle and. I feel like I know them, right? I went to college with, that with so many people that were from northern San Diego, the heart of San Diego, all of them diehard Charger fans. That's what you and I have talked about it for years. People shit on that franchise, but I know so many. Char- I've never met a Rams fan. I've met countless Chargers and people that were dead set well, on I've them. never Rams fans like over 45. You've probably met them, right? So yeah, like I'm talking in all. I'm LA talking in all. Thing. I'm talking our age range yeah. and younger. They didn't no, exist. I know so many people that are 30, 35, 28. They were huge charge. They were devastated when the Patriots beat them when they had the home game. You know, I, mean, I remember my friend Grant in college cried because he thought he was thinking Super Bowl guy, fourteen and two, Marty. I mean, it was like we're winning, a, and then the that Patriots. Was <laughs> that was that was their shot. All right, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, don't forget we got a YouTube channel. If you haven't checked it out, we've got a lot of con- content up there. In fact. Before we started this podcast, we've put three videos up on YouTube about some of the 49ers draft picks, in addition to some of the other videos we already did over the weekend. Um, what else? Oh, mailbag will be back this week. We had to hiatus the mailbag this past weekend because so much draft stuff. But go to iTunes, leave us a review, five stars, put a question in there, whatever you want, and that will be in the mailbag over the weekend. Yep, do that. And, uh, and yeah, so YouTube, mailbag. American-Giant.com, promo code HAM. We'll get into it a little bit later. So get ready. Yeah. Anything okay. else? I'm missing something? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, if you have any problems with your promo code HAM hats, let me know. There was some, you know, it's all good. We got a few. Guy, I, I, one listen, I, I've told, I said this to you before. I'm doing it again. I had someone else hit me like, hey, I was a little late. Can I Venmo you the money? I am king of... Above my pay grade, I'm not the point man. I, I've hated that guy my entire life of working in corporate America slash the NFL. I fucking couldn't. I wanted to slap that guy. And it, I, it is an easy thing to say. It's like, go to guy. It's not my thing. It's such a such a cop-out move. I am that guy. No, it's okay. It's okay. We, everyone has been super cool. Everyone that bought a hat. We got, you know, tracking numbers all over the place. But I told you, know. we redo it. Split the duties. I don't mind. You know, one guy hit me up and he's like, uh, or somebody tweeted at me like, you got any hats left? And somebody replied to that person and said they ran out. And I replied, no, we didn't run out. 
We sold out. Okay. Yeah. No one ever says Nike ran out of their drop when you can't get them at 801 because, you know, you've been Xboxes didn't run out. They sold out. They had to. Sold out. Yeah. We sold small out. Small batch. Not really that small, but uh, yeah, man. Hard scale. So, scale. That's a keyword. Scale. Scale. <laughs> we onboarded the we philosophy in. and scaled it. You know? That's right. Scaled it. Warehouse. Shipping. Uh, vertical integration. Yeah. We like to vertically integrate. <laughs> vertical integration. <laughs> so. All right, man. God. How great was the draft? Did you feel like, by the way, in round three, we were in round 12? Because that's. I forget about that feeling every year. Uh, round three, you got. I remind myself like these are really big picks. Yeah, I, I uh, by about the fifth round, it gets really boring, and you realize teams start doing press conferences in like the sixth and seventh round. They don't give a shit. I remember one thing I'll never forget is when you're not allowed in the draft room, like you don't have a role, and if you sit at your desk, that that first round, the doors are shut. You're like waiting for them to be like, everyone come in now. By probably middle of the second round, doors start opening. People roam in and out food. You are you can go in there and kick it. And like, it's like, oh, they're making calls. That first round is the Super Bowl. Probably early on in the second round, pretty seriously. By the third round, guy. But by the fifth, it's like, you know, owners are bringing their buddies in. Like, fucking drinking some beers in the back corner. Like, who's that guy? They're like, oh, that's that's Billy's uh, assistant manager to Lurry. You know, it's like, you no one even knows what's going on. Loosens up. Do you see the dress codes come uh, come Saturday? Everyone's wearing team sweats. No one cares. That's that's to me. That's a telltale sign of the NFL is the dress code. First night for the most part, everyone's wearing a suit. By Saturday, I'd say half the league's team sweats. Some of the league goes like a polo. You know, it's it's very hit or miss. The Bucks dress for the weather. Like there's no AC in the building. Can't blame him. Jerry, suit and tie. Uh, um, what's his name? The owner of the Falcons. Uh, He's a suit and tie guy, right? Uh, I want to call him Albert Breer. What's his name? Yeah, it's uh, it's Arthur Arthur Blank. Blank. Yeah, <laughs> just like has fifty red suits. Like if Arthur he, ever had to sell the the Falcons, he'd have nothing to wear because all he has is red suits, black shirts. Yeah, but um, it does feel the Northeast owner, and I think this. You know, this guy's a polarizing name, but say what you want about Trump. He wears a fucking suit 24-7, 365 for the last, like, 40 years. Me? I mean, I put on a suit for one day a year. It's like, ah, oh, this is like hurt my neck. I don't know how they do it. Like, you do notice the Tampa Bay, Jason Light, like, he's a shorts and t-shirt guy. Bruce Arians, like, that's his guy. Yeah. Sean McVay, like, they're not, Kyle, not a suit guy. Pete Carroll, John were Schneider, the, like, they ain't doing suits. Were the Glazers in the uh, draft room well, at all, or are they, are they dealing with the, uh, the mob? <laughs> trying to get them to sell the soccer team. Uh, you can take our I team. Saw the, I saw one of the signs. You can take our team, but you can't take our soul. Like, oh, that's what the the people that the riders are. are they, they're not Arsenal's team. They're uh, uh, they're Manchester. Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, they're Man U. Yeah, that was yeah, uh, which I always thought they were the powerhouse. Like that was the one that that was like the Yankees of soccer. That's just because uh, Beckham played for them, right? Yeah, but they and they were elite. It looked like it got a little out of control today. John, like guys, we're not even doing it. Fucking calm down. Let, let's begin here. Uh, on a few things and again if you're new to the youtube sometimes it's a stream which is you know very involved with the comments at the beginning this is the podcast recording we get to some of your comments at the end of this thing so we can dive in john and um trey lance how risky is this pick i think you and i did a video about a month ago and you know my premise was kyle shanahan is not going to play this safe 
Um, but the truth of the matter is there's no such thing as safe in the draft. Anybody, Fields, risk, Mac Jones, risk. It, it's all a risk. Um, but how risky is this? I think one thing that, I don't want to say surprised me, but you start reading some draft analysis, and one thing everybody points out when they talk about the Niners pick is, and and even Mel, Mel was very, I don't know if you saw Mel uh, Kuyper on Saturday, very adamant. Like, look. They just you mean the Mel Kuyper that's been on this podcast? Yes, that Mel Kuyper. <laughs> yeah. And he told us when he came on this He'd podcast. He'd come back. He's a red shirt guy, basically, this year. He thinks he needs a year to develop. It's the fact of the facts. He played one game this last year, FCS 17. Now, we bring it up. Well, Mac Jones, not that many more games. But how risky do you think, just on paper, the, is the pick for the 49ers? Okay, I'm about to say something that's going to sound pretty strong, but you got to put it into context. I'm not counting the 60s, 70s, 80s, and, and probably probably like 95 on. So the last 25 years, which AKA is John Middlecoff's life, <laughs> you know, from 10 on for me. I think it's the riskiest pick of my lifetime. And I think when you look back at the history of the league, and again, post Middlecoffs at, you know, 10 years old and on, this is basically unprecedented. If you just go back at the decade, think about some of the number one picks, right? Baker Mayfield, which was a very risky pick, three-year starter Oklahoma, and we got bet dramatically better every year and was fantastic. Jameis Winston, Florida State national champion. Cam Newton, really, you'd say that has some parallels, right? Booted out of Florida, JC guy, one-year starter for Auburn, national champion. And it was just and like carried shit. Carried, yeah. I mean, he, he did what Trey Lance kind of did with North Dakota State, but at Auburn. And he beat, uh, you know, obviously he beat Oregon, Chip Kelly, kind of in Chip Kelly's heyday, right? Beat them kind of by himself, him and Nick Farrelly, but beat Alabama, like he's... So that those are like Cam Newton was risky in the sense that he was just a one year starter, but I don't think it parallels Trey Lance coming from a smaller school. I also think what you have to factor into is the trade. Remember when the Rams traded up to get Jared Goff and they gave a lot and the Eagles did too to get Wentz like those, those were two pretty Wentz actually hadn't played that much at North Dakota State. Like, he was a pretty risky pick, too. And you could yeah, say that's been a little do, up and down. But he, I will say this. Like, I remember coming into there, like, he was somebody everybody was talking about. Now, that, I guess that would have been the case with Trey Lance if they had played this year, too. Like, we would have been talking about Trey Lance, right? But Carson was a guy that, like, Schefter, and clearly there was league buzz. Well, guy, he's six foot Carson five, Lex. and he's got a hose. I mean, obviously, he's an elite prospect. And Jared Goff... I know he's kind of going through a rough stretch of his career, had been a three-year starter at Cal, right? I mean, he had he had played a ton of games. I thought... Th yeah, he came out after three years. He played as yeah. a true freshman. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He yeah. had been a three... From the day he got there, and it was... They were an explosive offense. So when you just look at the last decade, it's kind of produced a ton of quarterbacks going really high. Sam Darnold, the guy that went three, he had only started two years, but he'd been really productive at a major school... Do you think I'm crazy for saying it's the again of our adult lifetime? I can't. I don't know what happened in the '80s, uh, but neither does anyone listening. So who gives a shit that it's the riskiest pick of the modern day NFL? And there's nothing wrong with that. Like it, part of like things are risky. Like once upon a time, people put a lot of money in Facebook. Like that was risky. A lot of people turned it down. Apple. It, to me, when you draft, you know, big upside quarterbacks early, it's kind of like a startup. You're swinging for the fence, and we've seen sometimes when you hit, it's. Cam Newton's the best thing the Carolina Panthers have ever done, right? It changed their franchise. 
And I'm not trying to say that Trey is going to be as good as Cam. Obviously, the Niners want him to be, but they're different type players. But you get my point. Like, his upside, like Baker's upside is limited. That's the one thing. The the other part about Trey that's different from some of the guys, like Jared Goff's upside is limited. Like Carson's wasn't. I think that's why people pull out their hair, if you have any, when you watch Carson, is because you go, God, this guy's the ceiling is the roof of this guy. Same with Cam. Like that's where this guy falls under the category. Yeah, I think the other thing that contributes to the risk is that it's one thing if you draft the higher ceiling guy over the lower ceiling guy, and you go, like if Justin Fields was not in this draft, and they just drafted Trey Lance over Mac Jones, we go, okay. But Justin Fields was in this draft. There was another really high ceiling guy in this draft. That's it part of it, yeah. Much more college production at a much higher level than Trey Lance. Right. Yeah. Like you at the end of the day for the Niners, I think, I do believe, it was between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. That's what I think. Um, and I think that's I think it's what a lot of people think. I think they've kind of alluded to it. But they did whether they really investigated, really considered Justin Fields or not, he was drafted eleventh. And he's gonna play in the NFL now. So does he turn out Trey Lance to be better than Mac Jones? His ceiling? We'll see. Time will tell. We think so. We think it's a worth a worthwhile risk. But he did also go ahead of Justin Fields. Like I you know, I think Baker was kind of risky. I do think that's a pretty risky. Well, yeah. Play. I mean, he's short. He can't run. I mean, for sure. Had he also would transfer. Now, he had a lot of college production, played for Lincoln Riley. But, but, he, but here's the thing. Your college where you played at in your tape is your resume. But as we've seen for the history of the league, but just, again, back to our time, really consuming the league in the 90s the last and the last two decades, most successful quarterbacks have not come traditional – Started at the national power three years and then go on, be can't miss. Like NC State, Cal, Brady went, goes six round, right? You just go around uh, Texas Tech, Josh Allen, Wyoming, just some recent guys. So part of basing it off of like Justin Fields played at Ohio State, that, that's great. You feel more comfortable. But as we've seen, that doesn't always, and I, I'm a Justin Fields guy, or I'm a BYU, he played three years, just because you have a lot of, you know, playing time, production, that doesn't mean anything. It means something for the sense you feel better about when you make the decision, but it doesn't always translate, right? Yeah. Or, or it, the draft should be easy. Yeah. You I, know, because ultimately you're evaluating the human being, right? And a huge thing, they, they feel good about Trey. They feel good about how could you not about his plight to how he got here, right? Turning down, never giving up. It, honestly, it has parallels of some of those guys. Wyoming, how he ends up there. How Russell says, "Screw you to NC State." Now he's a higher level because he ends up at Wisconsin. But you get what I'm saying. Like if Aaron you look back at the, college. the thing that kind of determines people's success at that position, it's like they get overlooked. They it's not the easy path. And say what you want about Baker, even though he did transfer to Oklahoma, he had to walk on originally. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like it was tough for him. He had to earn it. Well. I do think part of what we're talking about, there's a difference when you start getting into the context of all that stuff you're saying versus on paper. Like, I think your comment about being the riskiest pick, like, I think a lot of that holds up on paper, right? Now, I also think this is why Kyle, the Monday before the draft, still looked like Kyle Shanahan knows just because he didn't draft Mac Jones, the battle has only just begun. Like, making this guy into an NFL starter and a high-end NFL starter, like, that work has only just begun. But I do think... They they might feel more comfortable about this guy than other teams have felt about other picks that we don't view as risky. 
because of who he is, because of what they know of the way he played in college, the amount of responsibility he had on him in college, right? He played at a smaller school against lesser competition, but he might have had more required of him mentally than quarterbacks that played at bigger schools or played more games at bigger schools, right? He might, he might have done a lot more of a certain type of skill than guys who played twice as many games at a bigger school where they just, between, uh, between the play call and the snap of the ball, they all turn and look at the sideline and then look back after the coach has, has waved the play into them, right? Like, so he actually might have more reps doing some stuff that's going to be required of him than guys that played more games at bigger schools. So but, I, my guess is when we dig in, like, to some of this stuff, I bet they feel more comfortable about him. I think they do. Um, and we'll get into some of those things coming up. Then, then, like, on paper, the resume leaves you with a lot of questions. For sure. But to me, you go back to Mahomes. This is why every individual is their own story. Like what was happening in Texas Tech's offense, right? You look across, you throw a lot of screens. Really, what they believed in was the person and the traits. You know, some guys like what Baker, what John Dorsey loved about Baker was like the the gusto, the bravado, the cocky, the the fucking leader of just the group, and just kind of his Farvian feel at Oklahoma. Like everyone sees and looks based on whether it's their own biases, whether it's their own belief in the way they want their players, and that's what they look for and hope that that translates. And then we just – then the the million other variables once you get to the league, right? Who's calling your plays? Who are you playing with? Who's your competition? Do you feel overwhelmed? Is there a negativity around you? Are the other guys in your draft class that you were passed up? Are you constantly getting asked about that? Is your franchise a dumpster fire? Is your franchise solid? Well, you get to sit you know and you get to – Let me. That's a good point. Let me interrupt you on that. If in 10 years, or let's say less, let's say in five years, Baker Mayfield is the starting AFC quarterback in the Pro Bowl. And, you know, they, they won the Super Bowl. The Browns won the Super Bowl the year before. This year they lost in the AFC Championship game. But let's say Baker, let's say the two best quarterbacks in the league are Baker Mayfield and Trey Lance. Okay? I think in some ways you could say the fact that Baker did that in some ways is overcoming more NFL odds given what happened to him once he got to Cleveland. Three coaches in three years? Like, Trey Lance is going to Kyle Shanahan. Baker Mayfield's on his third coach. Well, now he's, you know, now it's year four. But, like, you could argue that is longer odds than what Trey Lance potentially is about to go through, where he's going to have Kyle Shanahan. This guy had two two head coaches back-to-back years who are not in the league right now. Well, Hugh Jackson, Freddie in the league somewhere. Yeah, he's a tight end coach for the Giants. Not, but I'll uh, no. But you're skipping a guy. He had an interim coach, Greg Williams, who's viewed as toxic. That's even fucking crazier. You're right. Baker's Baker's situation to overcome it if he does get good is really impressive. You know, Trey potentially gets a very, and I'm not saying this to diminish anything he accomplishes. He does get a soft landing spot. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's, this <laughs> I mean, is what I, he, even he, I saw he said it. Like, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I don't know how deep in the depth chart he's, got, he's gone, but he's like, yeah, I got a Super Bowl roster around me. Now we'll, well, see. well, you and I, you and I have talked about this and just texting around, like, with the agent community and just the draft community. All three guys, Mac, Justin, and Trey, their agent, their camps, we're angling. Hey, Kyle, what do you need us to do? You want us to film just dropbacks all day? They did that. Whatever we'll send them to asked, your coach. They did. You want us to send yeah. them to John Beck? Done. Yeah, you want us to film uh, 8 to 5? You want us to film the night? You got a wide receiver to send us? What the fuck do you want us to do? You want us to put a mask on him while he sleeps? You want some sleep study information? Yeah, yeah. do you want, get that do you, to you. you know, four squares when we wipe or three? Like, we'll do whatever it takes. Rock, paper, scissors, we're there. They're all angling to go there. So, like, that's – it's – which sometimes is very rare for a team drafting really high, right? Yeah. 
You just kind of go where you go and whatever. You don't angle to go like this is. You know why? Because wouldn't you see, if you're the agent, what just happened to like Mahomes and Josh Allen, how financial uh, – Josh hasn't been paid yet. I mean, it might happen this offseason, might not, but he's going to get a lot. It changes your life. Like remember that the Chiefs used the Mahomes camp to fend off everyone else and work with them. That's the best decision, that whole group. You know, that really, because in fairness to Patrick or even Trey, they don't truly know what's going on. Like, it is a little bit on the agent to do whatever they say. Get your guy there. Give yourself the best long-term return on investment, which means playing the best slash better you play, more you win, more money you make. Right, right. And don't worry about getting drafted seventh instead of tenth. Yeah, I, I do think you bring up a fair point. It is Baker probably doesn't quite get the credit for just those first two years were a joke. And no, I give him a ton of credit. I give Stefanski a ton of credit. And we can find a lot of examples of that, right? Like, again, now we're talking about something different than the draft pick. But, I mean, the fact that Steve Young had success in his career, given what a shit show, how awful his career started in Tampa. They bring him in. Then they draft Vinny, Testaverde. Then they try to trade him to the St. Louis Cardinals, who suck. And he's like, I am not going there. Send me somewhere else. Gets to the Niners. And even then, it's like he's on the Niners, but he's – He's trying to get himself traded, basically, because Joe's not going. I mean, we could. But to your, you're talking about draft day, the unknown risk at the price they paid at the at where they drafted him. I would I would venture to guess that if we went through the production historically among top three picks, this has got to be on the lower end of the spectrum. Totally agree. You know, guy, really quick before we read the ad, I just want to tell a story that I heard the other day and I. Michael Lombardi on his podcast the last couple of weeks, he was the, the lowest level guy on the Niner staff in like 86, 87, 88. And he, he said Bill Walsh sends him to get all the coaches and they have a coaches only meeting with Bill leading it. And he just said, show of hands, who thinks we should trade a fourth round pick? It's weird at the time in the 80s, like and a million dollars. Like I think money for a long period of time in pro sports was more valuable than picks. You'd get laughed at now, right? For Steve it's Young. Like, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, money, everyone has money now. Like, the picks are what's valuable. Right. But the point was, like, in the room was Holmgren, Denny Green. Like, it, you started listening to some of these names. Like, God damn, the staff was fucking loaded, obviously. I mean, they were, like, in the peak of their power dynasty. Not one person raised their hand. And he said, well, part of it wasn't even an anti-Steve. He's like, at the time, we had Joe fucking Montana on our team. But Bill stormed out of the room mad, made the trade anyway. And his point was part of it, just any young player in football, like everyone viewed Steve Young as like toxic or whatever in Tampa. But it was like Bill could see. And a lot of guys in Trey Lance's situation historically in the draft end up in a shitty spot. Like he really is lucky that being such a risky pick that and, and I'm not lucky because he deserved it if he's a smart guy and his talent, but that that team believed in him. Right. Even yeah. if it just what if the Jets would have loved him? Like, I would much rather go to San Francisco than the Jets. Right. Right. Yeah. Like Zach or Wilson and Trey. Tra- 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 if you said Trey, you can be the number one pick. Which would you choose? Yeah. I mean, I, I think all th- if all three of those quarterbacks that went one, two, three, all their camps would rather have their guy going to San Francisco. I could see Trevor Lawrence based on geography. I yeah, could see it. guy. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the deals with Steve is that the bu- the Buccaneers owner at the time was just a sucker for someone to give him some money. Yeah. The fact that the Niners threw in money basically bought Steve Young from him. Uh, you know, Now, a million dollars probably in like 86 or whatever was probably a lot more money than it even sounds like now, but still. Yeah, but 
the Niners, but that was part of the the way the Niners operated at the time. Yeah, they operate like the Yankees. You know. Um, okay, John. Before we move on, let's tell the people about sponsor that we love, sponsor that we wear, sponsor that many of you have DM'd us on Instagram and shown us that you are uh, supporting as well. American Giant, American-Giant.com. Use the promo code HAM. Go to American-Giant.com. Use the promo code HAM. American made, made to last. What's better? How do you beat that guy? American made. Something that can't be said. Everything gets made in America. And I, I have multiple t-shirts. They're in the wash. I know you do too. It's Sunday's wash day. Uh, I, I love my, my V-necks. Also, guy, the, the hoodie. The, the, this is, would you, would you say like their flagship product? Yeah, the, the classic hoodie? full zip hoodie is the, I think the thing they kind of put themselves on the map with. You have a black one too, right? No, I've got like a storm gray, I think is what it is. I like gotcha. that color recommend. We both got hoodies. Uh, can't recommend it enough. American made. Support them. Obviously, you're supporting us by just going to American-Giant.com. Promo code HAM. Get yourself a little discount, a little 20%er. 15. 15%, a little high. Uh, but go do it right now. American-Giant.com. Promo code HAM. I got the uh, the three-pack of T-shirts, which they're just, if you, I, I don't know if sturdy is the word. Like, it's soft. You can lounge, but it's also just, you can feel it. It's really good quality. I go with yeah. the crew neck because... I'm wearing. Well, I, I'm always wearing two T-shirts, John. Down I got. I got a little taco meat there. too. I got a little taco meat. No I hair on my head. But. I got. I try not to gross everybody out when I'm that's walking. My, that's my look. That's a good look, guy. The older you get, only with the gold chain though. Everything's made in North Carolina. Get it right now. They actually got a shop if you're in San Francisco. If you're in the Bay Area, they got a shop over on Chestnut Street where it's always popping. Uh, but just go to the website American-Giant.com. Use the promo code Ham. Uh, great products. We appreciate their support. We appreciate your support. Go get it. Butcherbox.com/ham. And another special deal, free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off, right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. 
How about this conversation, John? I, I saw, and there's a couple angles to this, but we, you and I started talking about this just a little bit off the, uh, what do we call it? Do we call it off air now? I mean, off air is such an old, we're not on air. Off I don't two, like anything that the off stream used to talk about. Yeah, yeah. off uh, in normal, just, yeah. just we just started we, we, talking we off, about it over We offlined this conversation. Yeah. We, took we this offline. Conversation I like offline. that. I like offline. Yeah. We were offline and on Saturday and right before we mainline. <laughs> um, but look at this. So Florio tweeted, here's something on which Chris Sims and I agree. You can't sit Trey Lance for a year when he's just basically sat out for a year. You agree with that? Really quick, did you see the reason, one of the biggest reasons he played in the one-off game was because at that level to like validate those guys' scholarships? Like He actually did all these other guys on the team a solid. He did not need to play in the game. You know, they had that one-off game. Against, what do you mean? Well, I'm saying like his playing in the game had something to do with getting guys' scholarships verified or something. I, I don't know. I, I remember hearing that it, like part of it was like getting other guys seen. Part yeah, of it. it had something to do with the scholarships is okay. what I read. I'm going to have to do more digging on that. Got it. Uh, listen, you, you know where I stand. And I, I'll give you credit. You, you I thought you put it really well last week. I would rather see a rookie on a training wheel offense and, and ease your way in and getting playing time than just sitting. And I, I've heard Carson Palmer talk about this. And he's kind of the last of, uh, you know, even though he's only like 40 years old, but like when he came in the league, like that 01, 02, maybe even up to like 03, 04 was still the, you had to earn your stripes. You sit behind and you learn. That is fucking thrown out the window this decade. And I'm a big believer. Mahomes did do it. Throw it it out the window. He was rare because they were, he went to a kick-ass team who I saw Jeff Schwartz tweeted out earlier today. Since Andy Reid has been with the Chiefs, they've hit the over every single year. Does that mean bet the over, or is it like, is everyone going to bet the over this year? I don't know what their number is. This will be a podcast topic, I'm sure. In a I can see their number being like 12 and a half with the 17th, 17th game. Games. gets a little risky. But the, the point is, not many rookie quarterbacks, highly drafted guys, have ever gone to a team consistently winning 11 to 13 games a year. Yeah. That's kind of a one-off situation. That I believe I'm a Cal Poly. We learn by doing. I do think you benefit more. Now, one thing we talked about, and was he? You showed me a tweet, or someone else had said about packages for him. He yeah, is a package I, I'm sorry, level somebody, player. It was somebody had that good idea, like they compared it a little bit to the Saints. I mean, I would say the Niners did it with Colin initially, right? Um, before before I got to the Eagles, Vic's first year with the Eagles, they use some plays for him with Donovan McNabb like he was right. they, they had packages for him now it's a little different but coming out of prison getting drafted third overall but it, he just needed his legs under him but I, I do think you've seen get packages for players I'm sorry you, you're just you're just clarifying there's a difference between coming from prison and getting drafted third overall my, I think he had to like I'm get just, his legs back kidding. under. Him. Yeah. <laughs> I thank you for making that distinction. I, I like no, I'm a big Michael Vick guy. No, I know. I mean, it was I know. just, but just it, a, but you're right. That's a unique spot in that you're trying to get him up. This this guy play. This guy can be an NFL starter. You knew that. Right? Yeah. But the other thing was you had Donovan McNabb. So it was but even the of, next year, my first year there, Kevin Cobb was a starter. Michael Vick just came in because he got hurt. He got a concussion. Mike took the job and never left. Yeah. And I think a lot of times you see you come in with a plan and. The first game of the season, Clay Matthews concussed Kevin and the rest is history. Where just last year, for example, I, this is, I think, happens in football more than the other two sports because the injury element happens so quick. Last year, Tyrod Taylor. Now, I mean, it's not a normal injury, but something happens. Herbert came in. 
it was so clear after that week that they were like, I don't give a shit what they say, even if Tyrod, that his long he was able to play next week, you deserve to get fired if you put Tyrod Taylor after just his first game against the Chiefs, which was week two. That sometimes all it takes is even if he gets some snaps or packages or a series and Jimmy's struggling, like it, you could know right away. You, but you never know in football until you until you play in games. Well, That's Mike, the thing. Mike Tyson's line, famous. Everyone's got a plan to get punched in the face, punched in the mouth. I tend to think a lot of times. Now, we'll spend a lot of time talking about all these scenarios. Do, do you think with the addition of MMA, we could say, or kick to the leg? Or, yeah. I mean, everyone's got a plan <laughs> till their fibula snaps. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think we'll spend a lot of time talking about this because you have to have a plan. But these things tend to take care of themselves. Um, but we know their plan right now, right? It's Jimmy's a starter. But is Trey, to me, the question is like, is Trey the backup? Or is Trey like or is like Sudfeld or another guy the backup and he's just working with the young guys? Because well, I'm you, you, this guy's the backup, right? Yeah, I mean, look at what happened last year the way we talked about Jordan Love when he was not the backup. But do you remember when Carson Wentz was drafted? Little similar situation. Carson, for like a senior, hadn't started that many games. He'd only been a couple-year starter. Right. And he had broke his thumb his senior year. The plan, again, the plan... Carson was the third string quarterback because they had a big picture. They had Sam Bradford, third string quarterback. Then Teddy's leg falls off. They flip Bradford. And maybe this is part of just those first couple weeks of training camp. They're like, God, Carson is just sweet. Carson started week one. Ultimate point here is plans change in National Football League at rapid speed. They could change if one guy starts, the other guy just gets a package. But I think in the scenario we're talking about, where it is going to be difficult. And I saw Kyle said this, and you and I talked about this last week. When you asked me, I think you asked the question, like, do you think Trey Lance can beat Jimmy out? It's the odds are stacked against him based on the most... We, we talking about week one. Yeah, just can he, before the season starts, overcome the massive head start that Jimmy Garoppolo has based on experience, based on knowledge of the offense, based on... A, playing in the NFL. with teammates. Yeah, based on playing the NFL. Based on, you know what, something we don't talk a lot about, Jimmy Garoppolo, I would say absolutely has a chip on his shoulder. Um, so, you know, he's got a lot to prove. It's just going to be, he should. Does he? Well, I mean, he should. <laughs> I don't know if he does or not, I guess. But he should, based on what's going on around him right now. And um, it's just going to be hard. Now, I think back to the Florio point, we talk about, you know, the Saints. What would your plan be? That's what we're talking about, not... How will this play out? What would your plan be if Jimmy Garoppolo is your starter week one? I like this idea of this guy's not played for two years. Let's get his feet wet. Let's do things with him. And let's just see. We saw it with Colin. Um, not a ton. I think you can do more with Trey Lance. Do you, do you remember Colin's rookie year? I remember Colin running some packages, not throwing yeah. the ball a ton. I, I, I don't remember. I, I, I have to go back and look you at the stats. I, I, I know he played. But it felt like a now. Granted, they were that was Harbaugh's first year, right? I think they, it was Harbaugh's first year. They were a little resistant to, you know, uh, Alex had carried the team. Well, I guess it was the year prior, right to twelve. Oh, you're right. Alex had played a year. It was no. eleven. He came in in eleven. Yeah, he came in Harbaugh's first year. They I'm drafted sorry. a quarterback. So that year. it really was year two that they used him in the packages. To start the season, and then he ended up starting when at, when Alex got hurt. Looking at it here, he played in three games as a rookie, but twelve was really when they started. I think 
mixing him in a little bit more. I, I do think Colin, for example, was much more of a project as a passer because let's face it, most people listening to this, most people that talk still to this day about Kaepernick, fucking watch 10 minutes of Nevada game his entire career. You and I, we live the whack, whack diehards. He was the old whack, baby. He was an elite whack player, but as a passer, he was a major work in progress. Like to me, he was a true redshirt guy who went early in the second round, right? Yeah. Trey Lance, I think, you and I have talked about this throughout the last month. I think, I don't, for me, there's not a comparison to Trey Lance's passing ability coming into the NFL. I think he throws with more touch, more complete player coming in. And again, he went third and Colin, you know, now Colin was much faster, even though I think they run on time speed pretty would, similar i feel collins much more of a, he, a breakaway hitter would right? kaepernick have gone in the second round in 2021 zero chance he goes like, top 15 yeah. yeah and he doesn't get a year and a half basically to redshirt in all likelihood maybe he would have Ka- i don't know he had played a lot i mean he had dominated in college yes he had played a lot Ka- of college football how's kaepernick not a top 10 pick the equivalent now well i mean justin fields wasn't yeah, so you never know. Justin, you was, Justin Fields was a better right. prospect. So, I mean, top top twenty pick. He's getting drafted high. Yeah. So, um, but in any event, I to me this this feels right to me. Like now, if Trey Lance comes in and takes Jimmy's job, well, then that's what he did, and great. But well, technically, he just got the playbook on like Saturday from Scangarillo. You know, technically, he started been running plays since John Beck started putting him in the playbook two month a month and a half. Ago. I mean, like legitimately, I think they said. Kyle didn't know if or not. I'm going to assume he showed up Saturday. They just spent some time. Like, it's, it's kind of starting now to, like, wow, I'm, this is no longer just running plays with John Beck. This is now, like, right. I'm eventually going to get on this field pretty soon. These guys are going to. You agree, though, it's, I, it's going to be, he's going to be hard pressed to catch up by week one for a team that's I, trying I, to win. That's the other thing. Like, this is a team that wants to win week one. I just had the thought yesterday, just walking around, just kind of hit me like, it's probably pretty exhilarating for him right now. A lot's coming at him fast because the pressure of being the pick, just the play calls, it is going to be very, very difficult. We'll have to see. I mean, do the Niners team, do they actually have an OTA? Because if they don't, I'll say it'll be basically impossible for him to start week one. Is he if gonna it, play if four it was normal OTAs, I would say. Games? What? Is he going to play like three quarters of three preseason games? What are they gonna I do? would imagine he gets a lot of run in preseason games. Or do you potentially? That's kind of. I don't know. I mean, I, do I, you want him out there with backup offensive lineman? You want him out there. Yeah, he's going to play. So I, I. But but the point is, I like this. I like the idea of let's find ways to mix him in because this is the one thing you would say that's easy about it is he does do things that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't do. It's easy to yeah. justify. But how do you do it when you're also you think you're a Super Bowl contender, right? That's. That makes it a little difficult, I would say, when you're Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played a lot of football, John, the last year and a half. I, I listen. I think we saw it with Wiseman. Not obviously the Niners on paper are better than the Warriors on paper headed into the season. First, you, you got to think big picture. You know, you, you yeah. got to think like it's all about Trey Lance. Like I, I don't think the the Warriors did a great job. I mean, they've even admitted it. Like with James Wiseman, right? They just yanked him around. It's different in basketball because everyone plays. But my point is. You do whatever's best for the big picture of this guy. The secondary, to me, is like Super Bowl contender. I mean, they've they've made the playoffs once in four years. Like, I, no, I'm with you. Like, I think that gets a little overhyped. And that's that team just, is that's just, just the way they think of themselves. Right? Well, I know, but this and, is I not mean, the I, same to, roster. For, to me, it's like years. be a wild card contender. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, did you see? By the way, I I got to go back and double check. 
I saw during the NFL draft coverage, um, I just started, you know, everything we do now, we just think of like stream schedules. The NFL schedule release show is coming up on uh, May 12th. Is that right? For 2021? Is this? Yeah. May 12th. It's a Wednesday at 5 p.m., John, is the NFL schedule release show. So you can go ahead and uh, I think you know where you're going to find Haberman and Middlecoff. <laughs> yeah, we'll have text. <laughs> oh, May 12th. Week one, John. Um, anyway. I guess the, the men's money game at El Macero is going to take a back seat. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I'm sure those guys, maybe they, they might, you know, the way the power of the league, they might need to move that game to Thursday. You don't think all those guys want to get home and watch the schedule release with the rest of us? You could argue you could stretch a schedule release over like two weeks, like every division. Yeah. One division AFC North. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we're—I uh, don't make fun, but it is just incredible. We already know all the games they're going to play. It's just about, you know, I just want to know about body clocks. This is about figuring yeah. out the body clocks. You are right. It's not like, well, who's playing who? You know exactly who everyone's playing. Literally every game. Whole <laughs> man away too. Game. You're not even guessing. Like, I wonder where the Packer game's going to. No, you know where the game is. You're just wondering, like, what week? <laughs> well, but to me, well, the oh, pa- Monday night. <laughs> I, yeah, that's the fun part to me is the primetime games. Yeah. Finding what team got prime time? Games. What team got? We don't get any respect. You say they suck, but the Browns got five prime time games. It's America's team. Win, win, loss, win, win. Uh, How's everybody uh, going in 75 Body clock game, loss. <laughs> London Again, game. Uh, that's going to throw them off. Loss. <laughs> that is. We're all in. The streamer's dream. I mean, uh, uh, Mad Dog, Russo and the Mad Dog used to do it for baseball schedule releases. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, another thing about Trey Lance I want to talk about. I've watched him do, I've watched a couple of his talks, you know, Zooms. I, I watched his 49ers.com interview. I think one thing, because I've had a few people text me this or DM me this, and, uh, you know, I... No, you never quite know when you hear that a guy is really smart, where that comes from, why people think that, whether it's just a thing people say or whether it's real. One of the smartest guys I've ever talked to. Yeah, you know, it's you hear that a lot. You really don't know when it's real and when it's just kind of a half baked opinion. Uh, you've talked to a lot of people about Trey Lance. I've talked to several people about Trey Lance. People that know and. I do think it from everything I've heard, it's really real with him. And it's not just based on the offense that he ran, the amount of responsibility, although that's a big part of it, the amount of responsibility he had in college. I don't know how you as a scout tried to measure aptitude. It's hard until you really get around somebody, understand their tendencies. Sometimes you think somebody's dumb, but their brain just works differently. They're good at other things. They're weak at some spots. So it's hard to really, really, truly know until you get to know somebody. But I know one thing that when, when I talk to people, when you ask me, hey, what's that guy like? When I ask somebody, what's that guy like? I think one of the highest compliments from, a, uh, uh, from uh, this standpoint you could pay is that somebody's sharp. And I do think one of the a few things, I think you can overvalue watching somebody do an interview. I think people can trick you. Um, and again, different people's brains work differently. Not interviewing well does not mean you're not sharp. Being able to interview well does not mean that you are sharp. So I I don't want to overemphasize this because, again, my core belief on this comes from people that evaluated Trey Lance. And you know a lot of them that that say all that stuff about him is really real, that he's a high aptitude guy. 
I think one thing that impressed me watching him do an interview was, and maybe they prepped him for this. Maybe he's ready for it. But it's hard to fake when you're in the stadium for the first time. It's a whirlwind. And he got asked about Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think, I would even say, if I were in his shoes, if I were 20 years old and I just got drafted and I got asked about Jimmy, I'd try to keep my answer to eight seconds. Keep it short. Make sure I didn't say anything wrong. And he just looked very comfortable. I thought he looked, sounded very clear-minded. He had something to say. It was never even looked like he was going to stray from anything that could get uncomfortable. But it didn't feel like it was what he had been coached to do. I just think he had a very clear idea of where he fits in, how he fits in, what his role is, what Jimmy's role is. Very comfortable with it. Again, I don't want to overemphasize that part of it. This is more about what they think. But, but I do think that's a real, real part of this with him. That I think we talk so much about his physical skills. But uh, the Niners would not have been comfortable drafting him in this spot. I'm, I, I think we can say this definitively. Kyle Shanahan would not have been comfortable if he didn't think he was advanced mentally um, in terms of handling everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to me, we're, when I scouted, the one thing I learned, and listen, I, I treat it like I did before I ever got into scouting and definitely since. Like, I'm, a, I'm an instinct gut guy. Like, I got to spend time around somebody. If I just spend some time around guy, like the guys that when I was with Fresno State or when I was with the Eagles, I was around the team every day. So you just knew I, I, I could give you an incredible scouting report on every guy on our team. Just eating with them, spending time, just you just are around them. Whether it be, you know, Devontae Adams, I guess I wasn't around Devontae Adams, but hearing things about him and then seeing his success in the NFL doesn't surprise me. Derek Carr, I would have told you. He's better than I probably thought he would have been in the NFL, but I would have said he's going to be a longtime pro, right? Robbie Rouse, the guy that's now a coach. Kenny Wiggins, who's still in the league. And then guys like on our team, whether it's Shady McCoy or Brent Selleck, like there were just certain guys, Jason Kelsey, that their personalities just, you're like, you get it. But you don't, and the hard part about the NFL, you, you, you gather a bunch of information in the fall. You don't get to spend any time around them as a scout. So you're just basing it off, especially even once the combine happens, it's like test scores. And what they're telling you, when I say test scores, I'm talking Wonderlic test scores or what their GPA is. The one thing I learned in the pros, who gives a shit what their GPA is? If you have a low GPA, it does not mean you're a bad football intellect. And because you have a high GPA, it does mean not you're mean bad you know period. football. 100%. It's the most overrated thing in America. Well, it's just but there's, no, the, there's no continuity to the context of one 4.1 and one 3.1 and one 2.0 and one Well, 1. I mean, 9. for example, it took Jason Kidd like to hit the minimum SAT score to get into Cal like five different times to take it. And who knows if it was him taking it the whole time. He's one of the smartest basketball players in the history of the sport, right? And in football, you often get some of these guys that are like 4.0 students. You're like, God, this guy plays kind of dumb. And you get vice versa. You get, yeah, this guy's a terrible student, but he's our smartest football player. You just, you have to take it independently for what it is. To me, here's the key is the time you get, and back to what I said, I always felt very comfortable. If I'm going to say, like go to bat for someone, a friend, you, a colleague, a business partner, someone in my life, you feel comfortable doing it when you know them really well, right? And that's the hard part about the scouting process is you don't really get that much time. I'd argue this year, less than ever. I mean, I'm watching like Andy Reid talk about the dude they drafted in the second round. He's like, yeah, we spent a lot of time on Zoom with him. <laughs> like, that's, that's not that much. Even if you spend five hours on Zoom, like, that's not that much. It's not yeah. in person. I can see the in-person thing really throwing people off. That's where the Niners, I think they doubled down when they traded up. They would say, listen, if we needed to get a quarterback, we overpaid, 
that extra first round was for the peace of mind, us getting to spend time around them without having to fake it, right? Or worry about it. And we felt better about the guy. But I don't think you know that. You have an idea. You hear all these good things. But until you actually put your arm around him, spend some time. Maybe, who knows? If I was them, I would have broke the rules. I don't know if you were allowed to go to dinner or not. Like, we're going to dinner. Like, if I'm in Fargo, he's in Fargo. Like, we're spending time that night. Now, I I think a lot of rules were broken just in the NFL this year. They had to be. Because how could any team feel comfortable with most of these guys without... Because they always do, guy. Always. Years in Philly, I was in charge of picking them up, bringing the top 30 visits. You go to dinner, you pick up a couple position coaches. You just spend time with the human. You're taking notes and you're when the guy's not looking, like kind of an asshole. Or like, God, this guy's an awesome guy. He's being nice to the waitress. That's a big deal, right? You just want to see how they just kind of act... They're always going to act well around a nobody. They, you know, they stand up straight when the head coach walks in. They're How do they not act always around act like well around a nobody? You're saying, yeah, or they'll just act like themselves around a nobody. Yeah, you hear constant stories about the guys driving people to airports, like, oh, I can fucking relax now. Can't wait to get home and get wait. They just they let down their guard. Yeah, I work for the but team a high too, level bud. guy is always a high level guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard a story once that- about a guy on the way to the airport saying something that was like, "Did you really just say that?" Like I, something about drugs and getting home and like, and, but everyone like, loved it. Hey dude, this showed isn't up the, in a suit. This isn't the cab driver driving you to the airport. But I, it's hard. You have to realize you're dealing with very, very young people, yeah. right? Yeah. So well, it's just, it's difficult. It's a difficult, the whole situation is difficult with any player, let alone this guy who the number one thing I've heard is his, his testing, all the psychological testing that all these teams have done and the, the one, all the tests that he's taken People felt he was really, really smart. Yeah, I, I, that's what I've heard too. And like, I don't. What, the words I've heard of not like smart. It's like, ad, like very smart. This is me being yeah. very smart. I put the word "very" in front of "smart," and that means very smart. But we're talking about you use the word like advanced intellect. And I think this goes back to what we talked about earlier uh, in terms of how risky this pick is. It's risky because picks are risky. I think they feel extremely comfortable extremely comfortable with the person they just drafted extremely comfortable with the person they just drafted um and that's why maybe to them it it feels like the risk that all picks feel like it still has to happen but i don't think they have any questions about the guy that they're getting and his you know whatever you want to call it, mental capacity whatever i think and i've watched him i get it like when i watch some of these things i you know, and we, you know, I've talked about this. I try not to put too much stock in it because I think there's so many examples out there. Now you can find videos of 10 billion interviews. It's easy to figure out what it's supposed to look like and just emulate what it's supposed to look like. So I, that's why I don't put too much stock in. Rosillo had a hilarious bit on his podcast last week about every tech CEO you see on TV all use the same fucking lingo. I mean, half of them probably don't even know what they're talking about. Onboarding. I mean, just all the, you know, it's just all the three or four go-to terms that they all think makes themselves smart. It's like, no, you got a great idea. You made 800 million. Just tip your hat. Like, hey, we respect it. But let's not, you guys aren't all the smartest people in the fucking room, right? But they're just, they're regurgitating what Steve Jobs once said, and then Zuckerberg does it. And then every single, like, yeah, you, you made a bumble. You made a billion. Like, hats off to you. You're not some fucking genius. People like getting laid you know it's a novel concept you were smart to do it i give you credit for doing it but it doesn't mean you're albert einstein right and i think a lot of people always think they want to sound really smart and you see it with players a lot like hey you know probably just stop talking (laughs) 
I can think of one, even though I like the guy, so I'm not in a different sport. He talks a lot, and I think he thinks he's a little smarter than he is sometimes. You just talk and talk and talk. It's like, you know, put on the brakes. Yeah, yeah. There's a game. There's always a, there's always a game that is being played that you should just be aware of as you're observing all of this stuff, I would say. Right? That's a part of it. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't get the impression he's playing a game. I think he's being himself. And the fact that he's 20 years old and is Which, doing that stuff is impressive. Which is why in the draft process, it's easier when a guy has a flawless record, like he's been a high character kid, never been in trouble, and you're just like, okay, we're getting for what he is. Yeah. I think where it gets difficult is when you meet a character guy or someone that has something negative about him, and then you see the opposite side, and you go, what is it? Right? Then, then you, you, is the whole thing like, Is the whole thing built on a... Or is like the people telling you all the negative stuff, are they wrong? Like, is this guy really just kind of a diamond? He's actually a good person. Yeah. And I think it gets back to, I I put it on my Instagram story the other day. I was watching the the Colts. They do an incredible show leading up to the draft. And Frank Reich just had a great point. He's like, listen, you know, and I think most people view the Colts as like, they ain't taking risky guys. That's not their deal. And he's like, I'll take a risky guy. Like, bring me one. But he's like, why why are we overthinking it here? Aren't there enough guys in this draft? Because there are in every draft. Good players are good guys. Like, wh- why don't we just lean that? And more often than not, we're going to be right. And we don't have to worry about getting a turd. And what, tr- what makes it easy with Trey, and I think all these quarterbacks, is they were all like, what was the biggest negative on the five? Like, Zach was, uh, you know, kind of a dick his freshman year. Yeah, oh, I mean, 18 Mac, years Mac, old. Yeah, Max DUI probably, right? Max got a DUI. That's yeah. probably if we were going to, of all the issues, if we just that, said, that's the worst thing. The issues? Yeah. Like, that's. I don't even know if there were other issues beyond that. No, well, because they were like Trey and Trevor Lawrence were flawless. Yeah. Yeah. It was more about they didn't play anybody or he didn't play that many games or, right, it was more about all that. But Max Max off the field was so good. People were like, you know, it was his freshman year. He's an idiot. Yeah, the quotes from his teammates about him, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think it's difficult at quarterback when there are some questions. And clearly with Kyle, to me, he would have run. Like, Kyle's not messing with a question mark at quarterback. Any character stuff, any... I'm not even just talking the intelligence. I'm just talking the way you carry it. Like, he, that clearly matters to him, right? Because we were going... We were saying the whole time leading up, they're going to end up with Mac Jones because that's the type player like Kirk Cousins. What I think he's really saying is, I want Kirk Cousins where I don't ever have to... I, I never want to wake up one day and be like, uh, 25 masseuses have said I sexually... Like, the last thing you ever have to worry about Kirk Cousins is ever coming on the ticker. Right. I, and Matt Ryan, Matt Schaub, like that's ultimately what he's looking for. We see with Trey Lance, he's open to more physical, different stuff. Yeah. He just doesn't it's, want, and I don't blame him. I would never, ever want to have a quarterback where that guy might be a troublemaker. That, that'd be the, that, that'd be know, the biggest headache possible that it's easy to avoid. It's funny because when he says Drew Brees and Lamar Jackson, we go, you know, the thrower and the runner, but they both fit that. Lamar and Drew Brees fit that category too. You don't worry about them at all. Elite I leaders, want, elite workers. I think Lamar Riders. separated from Lamar separated from the pack of like, hey Baker, you're arguing, and Lamar over here is balling. Remember a couple years ago, and he's like, yeah, man, I fucked up. Nobody cares. Work harder. He's the one that made that popular. Yeah, Baker's like screaming at reporters, like, get out of here, Tony. You know, it's like, oh my god, calm down. Uh, all right, John, should we tell the people about the net sweep before we get down? Oh yeah, Rogers? we should. Yeah, YouTube we should. comments. A lot of people asking about the Aaron Rodgers. If you're still running your business on QuickBooks, you're really running your business on quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software that just can't keep up. 
You don't have to spend uh, time dealing with the manual processes, multiple systems, delays, scrambling to get the numbers you need. It's time to get on solid ground, and you do that at netsuite.com slash ham. netsuite.com slash ham. Yep, NetSuite helps you automate your key business processes and close your books in a fraction of the time. Think days, not weeks. 93% of surveyed organizations increased visibility and control over their business since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. You, 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 like you said, you want to go here or do you want to go here? You want to be you want to be with the best. That's where NetSuite, modern times, let's get it. Let's do it. Financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need to grow all in one place for all small business owners right here. NetSuite.com slash ham. Right now, NetSuite offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to graduate from QuickBooks. Step up. Head to NetSuite.com slash ham. That's N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E. Special financing for you graduates at NetSuite.com slash ham. That's NetSuite.com slash ham. I got one for you really quick, guy, on NetSuite. Imagine if you work for a company and you know they use QuickBooks and you want to like, you know, in Corona times, you want to separate yourself. Tell your boss this. Tell the owner this. Hey, I got one for you. You want to upgrade? Yeah. Ham's got us covered. NetSuite.com slash ham. Impress your boss. Be the, if you are the boss, impress yourself and impress everybody else. Make your business better. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Rodgers, we've had this offseason, correct me if I'm missing somebody, we've had three premium quarterbacks either to different degrees try to get traded. Russell Wilson. Three, three of the top five. Deshaun Watson. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, who, what would have happened with Deshaun? Hard to know now because his situation got complicated off the field. But Honestly, impossible to know. Like, had he been, would he have been traded? Is Trey Lance on the Niners? And could know, it still knows? happen? We'll see. But with Russell and uh, – well, I'll use Aaron as a tiebreaker. With Russell, Seahawks basically – whatever they did behind the scenes, we don't really know. They played it straight. Texans, it was pretty clear where the public sentiment was. It was all on Deshaun's side. It felt like Russell's was a little more of a plea of just please listen to me. Like I just want to be listened to right. a little bit. Yep. He felt like he felt very disrespected from their ears. Like they didn't listen. They just talked. And it did feel like, okay, and they went out and were very aggressive, and they calmed the storm fast. With Right? Yeah. Yeah. With, with Aaron, this thing blew up on Thursday. Um, Friday, Saturday. Here we are now, Sunday. Where do we think this, he this added, is going? He added to it at the Kentucky Derby, I think. Well, yeah, he told Tariko, I'm, I'm, it's unfortunate that all this came out. <laughs> like, Aaron, you fucking leaked it. As people who've been on Aaron's side, like, it's... 
The Packers I, handled I, this I thing support Aaron on weekend. this, but, but let's just call a spade a spade, Aaron. I mean, you, you and your camp leaked that you wanted to be traded. Now, I don't know. The, to me, the, the headliner of this whole thing is now he wants the general manager fired. That's a report for Charles Robinson, who's, you know, a legitimate NFL reporter. Uh, if, the, if you're leaking that, like, that's a pretty bold leak. I, I was thinking about this earlier today of just star players who get very sensitive. And we have a lot in pro sports, especially in baseball and basketball. I don't remember, correct me if I'm wrong, in recent memory, uh, he needs to get fired non-coach. Like, that's a bold, like, fuck you. Yeah, uh, did he want, was it a story that, like, he wants McCarthy fired? Yeah, we knew uh, he did. Probably. But I don't remember if it was, like, quite in this way. I feel like he did a more kick him when he was down and called him, like, a dumb meathead at post post the fact. Yeah. Which, if he, but at the same time, it's what he thinks, who knows if he's even wrong. But, like, legitimately, a story comes out. It feels like it's coming from his camp. Reporters hate when I source guess, but, I mean, where are you getting that? <laughs> if he wants him fired, that's if you're going to report that, it has to come from an Aaron Rodgers well, did camp. Gudikins, a, did Gudikins yeah. leak that? <laughs> yeah, probably not. That's a bold thing to say, right? You want yes. the general manager fired? Yeah. Especially and, when and they've on, been... On a team that's run by a general manager. On a team that's run by a general manager, and, you know, we can talk about whether or not they... Uh, made a mistake when they drafted a quarterback in the first round last year. But, I mean, you can't argue that this team's been really competitive. Aaron's a big part of that. Aaron's the main part of it, right? But it's not like this team has been poorly constructed. Um, you would say, again, it's hard to separate because Aaron's really good. But I think they made a good head coaching hire, I think. Well, again, hard to separate Matt LaFleur from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's won 26 games. You would say years. they've done a lot of things really well. They're a no-fluff organization. I think... You know, historically, they're a model organization. Whether they're the model now, you wouldn't say they're the model now. But they're not the Texans. They're they're a top five NFL organization. Yeah, and they, they and they and they just they're on, they are on the line of model. You're like, yes, you, could, <laughs> you would do well. So now, again, a lot of things happen behind the scenes. We've been in the situation. Everybody listening or watching has been in the situation where people outside of your place of business don't know what goes on inside your place of business. So who knows? But I thought Gudikins, you you post. I saw it because you posted. Gudikins was asked. Gudikins handled it really well. Like they are not going scorched earth. They are trying to. And the Texans remember when David Cully and it was like, oh, he's on our team right now. Like the Texans, who was in charge? Who's speaking for the team? There was no doubt who speaks for the Packers. Aaron Aaron is in a different universe than Deshaun Watson, though, right? Yeah, but Deshaun's still big enough that you guys should all be on the same page. What yeah, is our yeah. messaging going to be? Who speaks for our organization? So I, to me, the Packers are operating, and obviously this is what they want to be. They're operating like a team that's going to try and make have Aaron Rodgers be their quarterback this year, right? Yet I, I don't really know what he can do moving forward. Besides, just if these leaks keep coming, then it'll show like he's pretty adamant. He's trying to get out there, but unless he doesn't show up, does it make any sense for them to trade him? Because you and I talked last week or during our streams and just the whole time as the story was breaking. Okay, let's say the Niners are out. They're just all in on Trey Lance. The two teams on his list. I think one thing that's been powerful about Russell and definitely Aaron is like te- lists. I guess Russell's legitimately came from his, his uh, I call him his lawyer, yeah, you're his right. agent. The lists do a- change a- it. A- Aaron's, I don't know if it came from Aaron, but it definitely feels like it did. The Raiders, the Broncos and the Niners, that the moment you trade him to the Broncos or the Raiders, 
their picks the next couple years, if you get three first-round picks, you have to go, they're probably going to all be 25 or more. And I just don't think you can do that. And that's why we we did a video about Derek Carr would be the only guy that would make some sense if you get two ones. And Derek, that gives you a quarterback who's friends with your star receiver who can enable you to probably still get who to the fits playoffs fits with your offense year. and your coach and is good. Yeah, so I... But trading to the Broncos, to me, makes no sense unless you think Jordan Love's going to be a star. And I don't know, even if the most bullish people, which you'd say were Gudikins and LaFleur on Jordan Love, could feel comfortable about that right now. Considering he wasn't right? their backup last year. And, you know, considering it's going to be hard to get preseason OTA work this year. Well, let's say I traded I traded. Did they draft Aaron because they loved him or just because he was the highest guy on their board? If I, tra- I, I think it was a combination of highest guy on the board, physical upside, and Aaron trending the wrong way. Which it wasn't even just LaFleur's first year, where I know they won 13 games, but he didn't look right. It was the previous year he'd been kind of off. So they shorted him. They shorted Aaron Rodgers the stock, and he boomed they were not like the only AMC ones. or GME. They, they were like Roaring Aaron's like Roaring Kitty. He's like, okay, you're going to short me? We're going to quadruple down on Reddit, and I'm going to turn into this the MVP of the league. Here's the problem, though. So the Broncos uh, idea. So I traded the Broncos, let's say, for three ones and a two. Well, what if Jordan Love sucks? And then those picks are all like, one year they make the Super Bowl. Like, what if those picks are terrible? That's I'm fired if I'm good against. And LaFleur, my career gets derailed. I, I just don't think you can go with Jordan Love. He's Even if you liked him, it's too big of a risk for your careers, both guys. Yeah. If, if Even if Rodgers knowing makes the set, picks, I Knowing think that I, the picks you're going to get are all in the future when Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the team... I, th- I think the Raiders. I think the Raiders are. The, I think the Raiders are their only option. Well, I think that's why it came up right before the draft because he knew. Unless the Niners would trade them Trey Lance, then I would have to consider that as well. Which I think is hard for the Niners to do now. It'd be hard once you get the asset. It's one thing because, like John Lynch, even said, "Well, you know, we we're just reading the tea leaves like you guys." I'm like, "Well, John, you guys called before the tea leaves came out for the rest of us, but." Maybe he meant just historic, like the last few months Aaron's been doing. There have been, to John Lynch's credit, like there have been a few random like, oh, he might host Jeopardy. You're like, what? Why is that a story today? Aaron might host well, that Jeopardy. Was a ra- <laughs> I mean, that was a rap sheet yeah, one right. the other day, but that was a rap sheet one like, you know, three yeah, weeks yeah. ago. It's like, well, why is this a story right now? Okay. Um, I think he, th- I wonder if Aaron thought that would get a little more traction. Like Aaron, no one believed Well, him. they went back to it again. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, Aaron, stop telling us Jeopardy is there anything in like uh, the entertainment sphere that you would believe with Aaron? Like it's not powerful enough of a story. You're better off just saying he'll retire. Oh, like he got quit. a five Netflix has given him like a five movie package <laughs> yeah, to start alongside just, Adam Sandler. Aaron, the problem is your threats are hollow to the football community, right? Hollow to the football community. And also, you know, it, there's a difference for the Packers between having to trade him to another team and just having him not be in football. You'd like, rather do that. Yeah, you'd rather. I think if you're the Packers, you'd rather him retire than have to trade him to the Broncos for three ones that are going to be in the 20s. Yeah. Just feels I don't better. Think you can, I, I don't think you can trade him to the Broncos. So Jeremy Fowler did say or write on Sunday that he is reportedly intrigued by the Raiders as well. Uh, he said they're happy with Derek Carr. Nothing's going on right now. It could very well extend Derek Carr sometime soon. But the Raiders look into every quarterback situation. They look to past free agents or trade options. So Gruden is sort of always lurking. You can't discount them. Someone made a good point to me the other day. They said uh, on Twitter, they said, you know, Gruden doesn't draft quarterbacks. Like Gruden doesn't act like he's trying to replace Derek Carr. 
Well, no, he signs veterans. Peterman, Mariota. Yeah. He signs veterans. He likes older guys at that position. Now, they, their picks, you know, they've been the last couple of years a middling 500 team, right? Seven and nine, eight and eight. You're just not. In olden days, when when like a Cutler or whatever might last to 11 to 15, like they would have been in somewhat of the range, these guys are getting gobbled up, all the sweet guys. Like his quarterback camp, if you look back at his quarterback camps, four or five of like the intriguing prospects would end up going second. Like he'd have the Dak Prescotts on, right? Yeah. I just think those guys get drafted higher now. They, wasn't that just he, because he talked to like 15 different quarterbacks or no? That, that might be true now too. Didn't he talk to everybody? I could be wrong about that, but but he, but bottom line is, I I don't I mean you Aaron Rodgers Derek Carr it's not even a conversation. Like if you really could get Derek or Aaron Rodgers for Derek Carr in like two ones, I someone DM me the other day like, listen, I'm a Raider fan. I don't quite understand. At least it feels like from the outside. Why aren't we being more aggressive when Russell Wilson and and uh, fucking Aaron Rodgers say we want to come? Al Davis rolling over in his grave. Like in, in fairness, you and I talked about it like a couple days ago. It doesn't get much better than the two of the five best. I mean, Rodgers arguably the first last year, and, Ru- and Russell's like the third. What are we doing here? I do Look. think the problem with that is is what does that mean? Like you are dealing with two teams who have those players under contract who are not incentivized to trade those players for 70 cents on the dollar. So you can be as aggressive as you want. There is not a price you but can But there has give. not been a report they've made an offer. Well, uh, but again, there's not a price you can you think they've called you think they've called the Packers or the Seahawks? I bet they have. There's not a price you can offer the Packers that would make them willingly trade Aaron Rodgers. I'm convinced of that. There is nothing you can put on the table right now that would make them go like let's say Aaron wasn't being a problem. That would make them just trade him. So they're going to try, and I would do it too, I think. Now, maybe they're waiting for a post. Do you think if I called right now and said, hey, I'll give you four ones, four twos, and Derek Carr, they still they might say, hey, well, I get I back think they to might you. still say no. Yeah. Well, do you I, think you would, would rather have Aaron Rodgers than anything else, yeah, right? I, they want to win a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> I don't want your fucking drafts. I want Aaron Rodgers. So I, well, I'm I with that's you. what's hard. If you're, if you're like, why isn't Gruden being more aggressive? Well, he's trying to he's buy so something good. that someone isn't selling. Yeah, the guy wants yeah. his team to sell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think for both guys, though, and I think Russell, whether they talked him back into it, whether it was just the the emotion of the end of the season. Comes back up. I do think they had a terrible loss, right? A home game to Heineke, or Heineke's on the Washington team. Uh, what was his name? I don't even remember. <laughs> Who did they play? The Wake... Uh, the Rams Wake Forest guy. Oh, that guy? Uh, Walford. Bison Daly of John Walford. <laughs> Walford meets Goff. That was just losing it, losing a playoff game at home for Seattle. It was, I get it was empty. That was just pretty bad. Yeah. To the Rams. So Russell was just, I think, emotional. The Rodgers thing does feel a little more big picture. Feels like he's been thinking about this. You do just wonder, like, you know, could the Raiders potentially just get to an offer where if they do come to grips and talk themselves into it, if they ever do, they are the most equipped to become aggressive on it for sure. By far. I, I just don't see how the Denver could get them if the Raiders wanted them. If both teams wanted yeah. them, the Raiders should get them. I agree. Because they because the and one the thing is you us. don't need to, obviously Derek's just part of the package. And the same for us. And I think for the Packers, you feel like you can make the playoffs. I do think, and we'll get into this probably well, as the week the, goes. Here's a question. Before he was the MVP, what would the Packers have said about the possibility of swapping Aaron Rodgers for Derek Carr? Like a year ago? Yeah, like going into last year. Yeah, I mean, you like, would have... Could, could they have a couple ones and Derek? What? This guy can actually... 
be the be our quarterback of the future for the next eight years. But his value a year ago wasn't as good as I, his value I, as no, this year. No, that's true. That's true. So you would have had to give up more compensation. Like, I think well, it's easier for the Raiders to go. If, Derek's part. Derek's a one. If you had said to the Packers, uh, "You want to draft Jordan Love and try to replace Aaron Rodgers with him in 2021, or do you want to just swap out Aaron Rodgers for Derek Carr right now?" I know what the better option would have been for them. Yeah. Like, do you think when uh, General Patton calls Gudikins and, and says, "Hey, any package we'll put together, unlimited amount of picks, you can have Locke or Teddy." You think he just hears, you know, uh, or whatever that, that, yeah. Hang Actually, up. we've got some DNA we froze from Elway. Uh, we'll <laughs> let you grow that into another human. It's from '83. It's the good stuff. Yeah, you, you know, honestly, uh, General Patton, I'd rather have a 65 year old John Elway than both those two guys. Um, all right, John. A few few other things to get to here. By the way, can we talk about Keegan Bradley for a minute? Uh, yeah. You break it down. So you had a $25 bet on Keegan Bradley at 75 to one. Yeah. Paid eighteen seventy-five, eighteen dollars on a $25 bet. Uh, uh-huh. and Keegan tied was, for the lead going into Sunday, not just tied for the lead going into the Sunday, like clearly had a chance to win from Thursday. Yeah. Had a chance to win for Thursday, which I, as a, a golf gambler, I've learned. I just, I, I don't make much, whether you're in the lead or a couple back. Thursday, Friday. I just need you in the mix. So I didn't. I didn't get that overhyped. I but tied for the lead. Going like tied for burn. the lead. Final group going into Sunday. You have a golf bet. It doesn't get any better. And my guy had a fucking lead on hole nine. Guy, he had the lead with nine holes left. He's won four times. He's a major champion winner. I'm not trying to count my money, but I kind of had counted my money. I thought you'd won. I'm like Sam Burns is gonna because Keegan Sam had taken the lead and then Keegan took it back from him. Right. A couple bird, back-to-back birdies. Like, that's and it was the moment. Just, he just did it. And then I look up, and Keegan Bradley's in the straw, but Sam Burns is on the other side of the fairway, like behind yeah. some trees. They're both they were both. It's, 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 it's a tough course. He hit it in the water, I think, uh, hole 14 or 15, and I... When it was tied. Yeah, that was Had crushing. Burns already hit the green? Or, yeah, I mean, he had like an 80-foot putt. He just safely hit the green. The, the water was a devastating. That, that would be the equivalent probably of a football, like a tie game. You have like the underdog. It looks like just a game-winning field goal is going to happen and you're going to cover, and then like a fumble six happens or something, right? I mean, it was a, it was a momentum shifter. Because at first, I'm like, is that in the sand? Is that in the sand? And I, I, had, I didn't have the sound on, and they didn't show the ball. I'm like, that got to be was, in the sand. That's right. It goes, it goes water, sand, grass, sand, and then they show the replay because there's no ripples. So I was like, I didn't hit the water, yeah. right? Because I didn't see any ripples. And you know why I didn't have any ripples? It was he hits a Keegan Bradley. I've learned this week hits a very high ball. Came down like a you know one Greg Luganis who's jumping from the platform. Perfect. No uh, no splash. No splash. Ten point oh. <laughs> Wrong sport, unfortunately. Well, as someone who you've played a lot of try, golf. also trying not to get over my skis. I can't tell you the the satisf- a twenty five dollars turning it into nineteen hundred. It doesn't get much better than that. At guy. What number does twenty five dollars feel good to you? Turning into what? I'd say anything over like five hundred dollars is pretty crazy. Yeah, I went to do nothing. I college golf uh, on Wednesday, uh, Pac twelve championships. John, it's just walking around. And you you said this to me before we started the podcast Sunday. You're like, it's just golf is just a grind. I when you just watch shot after shot after shot after shot after shot, I was watching these guys in person the other day. You and I we've been to golf tournaments. There was just so many things that can go wrong, so many things that can go wrong. I mean, it's just the it's crazy at the level of golf that these guys play, where actually more things go right than go wrong. 
because so many freaking things can go wrong. And sometimes go wrong means just you hit the wrong, you hit the green, but you're just way further away than somebody else. When you're gambling on golf, you know, most, even if you watch golf, it's more, it's an easy casual watch. When you're gambling on golf and turning 25 into 1900, I'm pretty locked in today. Couple times on like hole four and seven, he wasn't sure on clubs and he kept going back and forth as caddy. I'm like, I don't really like the, mm. I like a super locked in, confident. Like you get a club, you go with it. It, it felt like he wasn't quite sure, but then he had these birdies on like hole eight and nine. I'm like, okay, he just battled through it. He's gonna win. But I think that's most to he's me. Friends like, that's with Michael most, Jordan. That's another thing. He's like friends with Michael Jordan. Killer instinct. <laughs> that's most guys. Yeah, I think is. if you watch enough swings on a course from one player, you realize that because I remember I was watching this guy on Wednesday and I'm like, God, this guy, he's just all over the place. He's really scrapping. It feels like he's on the edge. But really, that's just a full, that's just 18 holes on, yeah. for four days. Like you are everything kind of not everything feels like a scramble, but it's rare to just fairway, green, putt, putt, fairway, green, putt, putt, fairway, green, putt. It's just not normal. It's just such a mental Line. To me, I, I think the key is to have a guy in the mix on Sunday. You have a devastating penalty, a water ball, an OB ball, you know, a lost ball, an in the bush ball. That that's that is the equivalent of a pick six in football. Like that that water yeah. ball is just that was devastating. <laughs> I, I I hit the ground, guy. <laughs> I I just kind of I I just like a slinky, you know, so I hit the ground. <laughs> But again, you can't even be that mad. It's not like I just lost five hundred dollars. I just, but it was just the hope of I know. God. What could I do with this? Uh, I had it spent. A couple other things, middle call from the. Uh, let's let's get into some YouTube comments here. Uh, Jeremy said, Jeremy on YouTube says, so we're all alive today. Shanahan line. We are. we are. Patrick says, yeah, fuck QuickBooks. I'm all about NetSuite. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate the support. Yeah, um, Judd, in response to Shanahan <clears throat> and Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Says Kyle said the plan is to start Jimmy and Trey back up, uh, but it's Jimmy's job. He also said if it turns to a QB competition, then that's good for the 49ers. Yeah, I mean it's it depends. Is it is it a competition because Trey Lance is playing up to his level? That's that's when it's good for the 49ers that you feel comfortable with Lance and he's playing up to his level, right? Yeah. As opposed to Jimmy, just you can't nobody's separating themselves. But the one thing we know about Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's healthy, he is an NFL starter. Yeah. Who has ups and downs? Like he'll yeah, have a bad game. Yeah, yeah. You, even if you were healthy, you might be trying to upgrade him right now. I'm not saying you would. I, I think the I think the one elephant in the room this year would be if it just goes as planned. Jimmy's a starter. What happens like week three in his three pick game? Like last year, if he hadn't had rolled his ankle 15 times, you would have. No one's calling for Mullins or CJ. This would be like, can we just make the move now? <laughs> You'll just feel it. Right? Yeah. Well, again, the way he started before he got health, before he got hurt last year, it wasn't a lot, a sample size, but it wasn't great. It was like we talked about it. Why does he not look very good? I thought his Arizona game week one was horrendous. Was Remember, not, he got Kittle killed. It was bad. It was bad. Looked very uncomfortable. Um, uh, Shaheen says, Middlecoff, at what age do you go with the Bruce Arians hat? <laughs> I did. I did make a joke the other day, like. The next ham hat's going to be the Arians Kangol hat, and some people. I got a couple DMs like, "You guys doing more hats? Would you ever? Do you go think to the those game? would sell? No. Well, I don't either. No. Would you? Would I've you tried ever? them on before. I don't look very. good. I wish it was my look, but yeah, it's just it feels like the only people that wear those are people who've been wearing that hat for twenty years. He's just a cool guy. I mean, he just can pull it off. 
What do, you, what do you think about the naggy, bald visor look? Should we do visors? Yeah, I mean, you, if, if it just doesn't make any sense for a bald guy to wear a visor. Well, no, I, I wouldn't do it, but I'm just saying people do like visors. I used to wear visors like in college. There's one big question, right? Do you go with the big, like, Phil Mickelson visor, or do you go with the smaller... Do the I big ones Gruden, even still exist, though? Yeah, with the big pad, right? I'm sure there's golf brands. I'm sure you can still buy golf brands that do them, or do you do the little kind of one with the, like, it's got, like, a smaller brim, right? The Mickelson one is, like, a big sweeping brim. The little ones... Or just like super tight little brims. It's just like a like the visor itself is like that high. I've never liked them. You know who's a big visor guy is Lincoln Riley. And his visor, like just the Nike visor that they wear at OU, is just we used to have a couple at Fresno State. I know our guy Drew Hill wears it at Oklahoma too. It's yeah, just that's the it's smaller. not too big, but it's not small. It's just it's just well done. But to me, that's the smaller visor. Is what that is. I got a picture of Lincoln I'm and Gary out. Patterson. Gary Patterson also. I think Nike has just the solid, you're right, the normal, smaller visor. Different Not, than the old Mickelson the Mick- visor. Yeah. I don't even, does the, do those even exist anymore? See, Gary Patterson's visor to me looks like a mix of the Lincoln Riley and the Mickelson. Yeah, I think they do exist. The I follow ones. enough golf guys on Instagram showing off their lettuce that I think big lettuce, big hair guys can wear the big old I, I do visors. think you're... I do think more football coaches wear visors than you realize. Probably. I, why? Besides even the head coaches. I wonder why. I just... Need their hair... I, just my head to breathe? I, well, Lincoln's sneaky holding on for dear life. Let's not... Let's not act like Lincoln's a... You know, Guy Haberman's hair. But I just... When I just go to Lincoln's uh, Google Images... Yeah. I'm I feel like a lot of people he's in pictures with have visors on. I feel like there's just a lot of visors. A lot of visors, yeah. You're right. I'm looking at him. Uh, I, think Stoops, Bo- I think Bob Stoops was a visor Stoops guy. Stoops wears the bigger visor. Bob. Yeah. Back in his day. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bob wore the bigger, but that was also a Nike. Um, oh. Probably was comfortable with it when he first got there, right? He had been a Nike guy. That, that You just wear what you wear. I don't have my remote. Uh, EKBZ says, been listening to the stream while watching the FCS playoffs on ESPN2. Uh, sneakily entertaining games. I like the spring football. Uh is is North Dakota State is uh they got they got bounced today. I saw somebody tweet like oh, they got nothing or they can't throw the football. No offense. <laughs> we had a guy just went third overall. Um and they didn't have they had like half a season to prepare for losing them. Uh here we go. Jackson John on the YouTube stream asked there've been a few comments I've seen these today. Uh Jackson asked who's going to be the Niners third receiver? You know, there's a lot of hope I think still for Jalen Hurd like just I get it from people. That's a big hope. Did guy. you see John Lynch said, yeah, he's been working out. We haven't really seen him. We're hopeful. I don't know. Richie James at this point, who is wide receiver number three? I mean, it, it helps, right, that your tight end is wide receiver. You got like. I, I will say this. It's it's to me a little more concerning when Debo has struggled to stay healthy. And just the way George plays. I mean, George takes a lot of collateral damage. So it's like. And and their other guys played one season. Now I think this goes back to you're going to run the shit out of the football, right? And that's even Kyle's like, you guys know me, right? But there's no hiding it. Like we we ain't spread offense here. I, I I'm not I'm not having wet dreams to sixty completion, you know, sixty attempt games. That's the thing. Like with the Chiefs, there's a reason they always draft wide receivers. Like Andy's throwing the ball. Like that's when push comes to show, Andy's throwing. Yeah. With Kyle, to me, it's like he does want to hammer. But he also... Hammer, hammer, hammer. Yeah, and he's got some guy. It's not... He's got... 
you know, he's got guys that do other things. So he's got a few. He's going to throw it to use check a little bit. Obviously, he's going to throw it to Kittle a lot. I forgot about him. He can he can catch the you ball a little bit. You forget about too. Juice? I do forget about him sometimes. Oh, he's our guy. Him. I know. God, John. Kyle, I'm sorry for Middlecoff. <laughs> uh, Debo, Ayuk. I, I, to me right now, it feels like Richie James. I actually think it's a pretty unreal spot for just some of the younger unnamed guys just to kind of like it's who knows an undrafted free agent like you get got it's a good spot like if i was a agent and the undrafted free agent un, undrafted free agent wide receivers i would send yeah. them to san francisco you thought you wide open next. i also would Kendrick imagine Warren. they Jason are says river craycraft they have the 12th pick in the waiver claim like who's to say that they couldn't be aggressive during the training camp that period of time claiming a guy right yeah they're higher than you think. I mean, we talk about them like they're. It's a good point. Like twelve win team. I mean, they're on the draft <laughs> order. No, they're, How about they're near the top. They're not waiting that far in line. What about a trade? Could you tra- or they don't have as many assets? I guess you ideally don't want to. We trade for Julio you Jones. Tra- yeah, well, what would you trade for Julio Jones if the if you, the money could work? Well, I don't have would any. You feel ones comfortable trading send. a third? No ones. You you need your two. I can't trade a two for Julio. Could you get him for a three? Just I don't think you could salary dump. I don't think you could, but. If you could, Which I would. You, should, you shouldn't be able to. But the the money is a factor. I mean, he makes a ton and he's old. Oh, that person would you trade your se- about River Creek Craft. Sorry. Would, would you trade your second round pick for Julio Jones next year? I'd think about it. The, the, I, I, no one, no one I would them. complain. I'll no tell you that complain. much. I, right? What I go back to is like, again, you've got, you've got guys that you want to feed the ball to. You've got, as long as everybody's... Like, and Kyle said this is... And I don't know. Wouldn't, you know couldn't they, that extend his career then for a couple of years? And then you got all three. It would be great if you did, but you don't. But again, your your receivers are not necessarily your primary pass catchers. One, two, and three, because you throw the ball to Kittle so much, right? Yeah. So well, I got Ayuk. He's but cheap. But I got that, Debo. He's cheap. Do I not have enough guys to throw the football to? I I think I do. If I'm Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, but I don't. I'm getting Julio Jones to make my team unstoppable. Like it's just well, I, we have so many options. No, I'm with you. I, I, so, I love the idea of him. Don't get me wrong. But my point is like the year that they went to the Super Bowl, 16, like his two years with Kyle, that second year, he was uh, 83 catches when their offense was unreal. Yeah, that's a little they more missed than, two games. But that's a little more than AJ. What did AJ Green have? Uh, no, that's not right. What do you have, 40? I, wanted, I thought he had like 71, but maybe it was in the 40s. Now, here's the thing. Like, if you just poll all the GMs, they'd be like, you know, he's going to be 32. Like, he's had a decade-long career. The arrow's pointing down. He makes 20-plus million dollars a year. Like, so the money's pick. a big Who- factor. I would say this. Like, for his physicality, do I need him to be fast at 34 years old to be an effective receiver? I don't think I do. No. That's why. Could I? If I could steal him, if willing to take the cash, which is a bigger issue than I think most people that just talk about football factor in, if you can steal him, I'm not opposed to it. I couldn't give a second, but if I can get him for a third, I, I just wonder if his market, given how much money he makes, is probably smaller. I guess my ultimate point is I bet you say Julio Jones, every fan's like, oh, the best. That's not how the league views him when you factor in age, when you factor in money, right? Yeah, and and also I when we say who's the Niners' third receiver, I don't view them like they only have two pass catchers. But what if Julio's your one and those other guys get to be two and three? Yeah, well, I don't know. He knows I the offense. Both, I drafted Brandon Ayuk in the first round. I want him to be my third receiver. No, I want him to be. I want him to be my number one or my number two. Well, he gets to be your second, and Debo gets to be your third. Well, 
maybe that does keep Debo healthy. I mean, one thing Kyle talked about, and they talked about this with the draft this year, even though I guess historically a few of the guys they drafted has ha- have had some injuries. Um, like Trey Sermon has had some injuries. But they one thing Kyle made the point to say is like injuries were a problem. We can't have hurt guys on this team. We cannot have hurt guys on this team. Good luck. Yes, yeah, it's, it's football. But I mean, generally speaking, you you make deep runs. You're a healthy team. I mean, that stuff. Yeah. You know, um, luck's on your side. A little yeah, bit. you do have to be you do have to be lucky. Um, I remember when my, my first year in the league or second, like that we did like this healthiest team breakdown. It was like the year the Raiders had finally got eight and eight after the worst 10 year stretch ever, you know, from like Oh three to 2011. They were the healthiest team in the league. That and they year. only got a date and eight. Like the Niners, yeah. when they went to the Super Bowl, they were the I think the healthiest or second healthiest team. If if, if a playoff level team is healthy, they're like a lock twelve win team. You know, like on a, a given good roster year. is if, healthy. Yeah. If a Ravens, a Packers, a Steelers, it's just a lock. They're winning. Honestly, you get the right team. It's like fourteen wins. Uh, Dominic says, "I know I'm late to this. Been out of range for two, three days of the draft. But is Kyle Trask going to Tampa? Going to ensure that Brady plays until he's fifty? Uh, yeah, I you know I don't think it's that crazy of a pick. No, I don't think it's a crazy pick. It makes sense to me. I do wonder. They had a good they had a good little eco they had a good little just uh, incubation thing going on around Tom. Tom loved Griffin. He helped him off the boat. He loved Blaine Gabbert. I know it's not you know if you're Arians you just want a young guy that you can coach. You're not really I don't know who else you're, but. I don't know. It's like a passion project. Yeah, Tom just had a good little thing kind of insulated in his QB room around him. I don't. You, you think it's better with Blaine not being a threat or yeah, anything? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But if is you Tom just got, threatened, is Tom threatened by trash? No, but I do think Tom. I bet the way Tom works, it's just he loves the efficiency of having guys that understand what he needs around him. Guys who understand that their job is not to get better to try and take his job. Their job is just to help him be. Like, if I'm those guys, I'm like, the longer Tom plays, the longer I'm here. The longer I'm getting backup money because Tom likes me around. Yeah, see, to me, he signed a two-year contract. So he is an unrestricted free agent. I guess he the signed The Bucs are doing what's best extension. for them. I get it. Yeah. To me, the the blow is to Gabbert. <laughs> like, this is... Trash probably ends up as your backup, right? Gabbert uh, could be in trouble. Get, you draft him in the second round? No, you hope he does. I just, I, 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 if he does, then I bet the, uh, to me, the other two guys, one of them ends up active. I bet they have three quarterbacks active on game day. Probably, I don't really know. Probably that. true. Maybe, maybe Tom's, maybe he needs that with like the way they work. I just guess he wants another guy there with him who knows what he's looking for, knows what he needs to see. Now, maybe he doesn't. Maybe, maybe Bruce. So you're, enough. you're saying that Griffin and Whalen are competing for the one spot, which is probably true. There are three spots. Trask just might get scholarship in. You don't cut a second. Waylon. I meant, uh, I meant Gri- uh, no, I meant Griffin and I called uh, Blaine, Blaine Gabbard. Yeah, Blaine yeah. Gabbard, Waylon. Yeah. I don't know why. You're not cutting. Like Kyle Trask is a lock to make the roster. Yeah, he's second be, round right? picks do not get cut. Yeah. So he's just taking a spot. I wonder, so basically, those two guys are fighting for one if spot. If he is the backup, that's interesting. I, I, yeah, I'm not. Someone suggested he's better than Gabbard. I'm not saying he's not better. I'm just saying I think Tom probably. Has an idea. Same with the same with the coaches. Like they're trying to win a Super Bowl. I mean, they're not messing around. Yeah. The Trask is just trying to figure out life, right? As a rookie quarterback. Yeah. You're right there. It's a good. Their little, team is re- their team is really good. Yeah. They're gonna be. That'll be. A you could see it. 
the one thing you could see it on draft week is like, because Arians is a cocky guy naturally. I, they know it now. They're like, they're going to be, they were this year, but I think truly they're going to be viewed as like the big, like the powerhouse this year. Everyone's gunning for them. I, I bet it's a pretty secure. Which is good feeling. for Kansas City too. They get to fly a little more under That's the true. radar. I bet it's a pretty secure feeling to feel like whoever you're drafting doesn't have to be a major impact guy right away, right? You draft Joe Tryon at 32. It's like, you don't need, sometimes you need your first rounder to come in and be a major impact player. The Niners did last year. That's not the position the Bucks are in, right? They, they, one thing, they one like thing they Jason Light's going to learn, though, is like, let's say Tryon and Trask suck, and then he has a, a, they win the Super Bowl again, and he has a crappy draft. People are like, he can't draft anymore. It's like, no, he's just drafting at the end of the round. We've seen him draft. He's fine. It's hard. They do. The percentages do. If you draft long enough, you it's like no one's drafting 50% starters. It historically doesn't go that way if you draft enough drafts. But don't you think a lot of it is like, where are you drafting? Well, I don't think Absolutely. we talk about enough. You get good, it gets harder. All, <laughs> Way Seahawks harder. got good. All of a sudden, it got harder to draft. It's like, why is he not hitting on third-round picks? Well, because he's not drafting 64th. He's drafting 100th. Like, it's a big, big swing here. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's, why, it's why we talk about those top five misses so much. When you miss Cleveland Farrell, you're missing Solomon Thomas. It's like, just, if you're going to be good, yeah. you just don't get that many shots at those types. And of in things. fairness, no one ever calls you like, draft busts aren't all equal. We talk about a top five draft bus a lot different than even like an A.J. Jenkins at 28. Like, he just sucked. It's like, to me, a bust, like a true bust, it does feel like top 15 type picks. You're just a bad player. It was a missed pick. Maybe that's just me. I'd have to, th- I'd have to think about that. But I would that, say like Solomon Thomas drafted very high, did play and, and give you value. A.J. Jenkins gave you zero value. Yeah, he was an awful football player. Is that a bust? I mean, they traded him for the other guy from the Chiefs who also had done nothing. That was an all-time trade. Yeah, did they both just suck? Yeah, they just you just missed. Yeah. So, uh, but I think we'll talk more about the Bucks, maybe, and just the big picture of the NFL this week. And, you know, a lot of Trey Lance, a lot of everything. We'll get to some other teams' drafts. Season here yet? Week one? Schedule release <laughs> in a week and a half. So the countdown's on for that. Yeah. I see you, Roger. But I know we got to Yeah. We, we know Roger's no dumb. You know? He's like, wait, they're going to boycott OTAs? I, I, I got something in my back pocket. Tell Schefter, because Schefter tweeted out like last week or two weeks ago. Turns out he's like, uh, typically it's before the draft this year, after the draft. I'm like, I'm cool. I'm good. The one thing that'd be hard, right, to do your idea and you stretch it out over several days is like. Because you, you know. Because you know yeah. <laughs> even NFC, AFC, it's like, well, you are playing AFC teams. So you'd be like, well, we know we're playing this team. I'm fine. I mean, we're good with it. Win, win, loss, London, bye, early bye. I mean, this is, I love the way the early part of the schedule shakes up, and then it turns out, well, actually, the Jags turned out to be a 10-win team. That team turns out to suck. You're one of the Texans' three wins, you know? Because is there one show, is there one radio show slash podcast in America that if they are focusing on an individual team, that will give their team a, a L versus the Texans? There ain't fucking one. No. Jets included. Texans Jags are going to own 17 according to everybody else. <laughs> Everyone else. The worst case, they'll probably be like 3 and 14. They're going to get some wins. 
Uh, I mean, guy, the Jags just had the best record in the league. Remember, they won week one versus Phillip Rivers. <laughs> Think about that. Like, the Jags had that banked win from week one. Because remember Washington, like, God, is Phillip Rivers shot? I do remember Remember he that. threw that bad pick? Yep. But then the Colts ended up going to the playoffs, and uh, they got bounced. Yep. Already kind of missed Phillip. He's just gone. <laughs> Who are we going to watch throw random picks at, like, 4 o'clock on the Pacific at Sundays? Well, because uh, Derek doesn't really, he just dumps. Yeah, you're right. Lock, the Colts just, well, uh, <laughs> it's a good question. Rock I guess Philip, tur- th- those those picks actually with the Colts turned into like uh, 1245 Pacific time. <laughs> but they all look, the, they look the same. Sorry. They, I'm just no, looking. it looked the same. This, the times were different. Yeah. I was looking for a story, but can't find it. We'll deal with it later. Adios. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the page. Mailbag on the podcast. Let's hang, uh, let's hang again soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.